Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Isios. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Hope you guys are having an amazing day. Thanks so much for joining us on University of Adversity today. I'm really um, looking forward to sharing this with you guys because we talked about a lot and I want you guys to know first up, this episode may ruffle some feathers, but before we get into it, because, okay, before we, we unpack a lot of stuff, I want you guys to know before you go into this, that as I, I, I want the best for all humans, right? And I'm trying to make impact the best way I can, the best way I know how. So I try my best to do the research I have, to follow people that I feel are providing the best value and all of that. So my journey to where I am at this point is where I'm at, okay? And I believe that everybody is on their own journey and everybody has looks at life through their lens and that's okay. Everybody's different. Whether you choose to, to choose to partake in eating meat or not, there's no right or wrong answer because no matter what, you're going to have either side arguing that their way is right. And my point is, is to shine the light on what is actually happening and how important it is for you to be an individual and to know the individual needs of the human. Okay. If you do you want to listen because you know the perspective I come from, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or say what you do is wrong, but I like to talk about what is actually happening and the motive behind some of these documentaries that we've been shown and how important it is just to look at both sides of the coin, right? And at the end of the day, make the right decision that is best for you, right? You are an amazing creature and you need to honor that the best way you can. And I just try to bring people that will either inspire you, empower you, or give you the tools and the knowledge to help you do that. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I loved it. My guest, her name is Samantha Lotus. She's doing amazing things just under 90 minutes. So it's a very, very interesting episode. I don't see you guys stopping halfway through. But that being said, be prepared, have an open mind and understand that I love you guys and whatever beliefs you have. I just hope that I can help you look at different perspectives. So without further ado, sit back, relax. Samantha Lotus coming right up. Samantha, what's happening? How are you? Hey, Lance. I'm so wonderful. Thank you. How are you? I'm so good. I, uh, like I said to you before, drinking my tea out of my flamingo, flamingo cup, my red toque for anybody that you could see. Most of you guys are listening and toque is a word in Canada we use for beanie for all of you Americans and, uh, Australians or wherever you're from. So, so what's, uh, what's happening, what's happening in the beautiful world of, uh, uh, Venice beach and Santa Monica area. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> living here at a consciousness hub community space vortex where we film a live tv show called the optimistic show and host retreats weekly and just deep in the depths of the madness and the magic of it all yeah i am um, awesome i I'll, I'll tell every you guys listening how i connected with samantha was i saw you on a story of julian's julian guderlai good friend of mine we're working on a course together actually um if you guys don't know who he is make sure you follow him he's awesome so I saw you in his story and I was like, she looks, she looks like really interesting. I was listening to you guys talk 
you're doing like the interview stuff, which we'll get into. And I was like, she, I got to connect with this. So I, I reached out and I added you and then, and then you reached out and we started chatting and I was like, okay, this is, these are my people. This is my, you know, I had to chat with you. So, um, I love that. And I love exploring the depths of all this stuff because I've been on this journey, you know, getting into spirituality and just talking about these things more and more and stuff that I was never into before. So has this always been stuff that you've been interested in? Like what was, what got you into this whole way of thinking? Yeah, honestly, I feel like I grew up even as a little kid thinking about the cosmos and the universe and energy and how we're alive and what God is. And I, I just was always asking a ton of questions. And for anyone who knows about destiny cards or the cards of life, my card is the ace of clubs, which is the desire to know. And it's very about like mental cerebral. So I was always asking questions. And this is something that I, I just played with forever. And I went through you know, being raised Catholic and then going into atheism when I was maybe nine years old and then exploring all of the different religions and bringing to me to a, a place of spirituality when I was living in Korea almost oh, wow. uh, eight years ago. And so I feel like it's definitely deepened, of, of course, over the years and grown and molded and shifted. But ever since I was a little girl, I was obsessed with understanding the fabrication of our reality. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I always question things as well. I never really understood why we do things, why we do it, you know? I've, it's always been like that. I, just from, you know, I was raised as Catholic as well. And where I grew up, it made sense. My family, you know, they put me in Catholic school, Catholic church. It seemed like the right thing to do. I was in that community. And it was, it was good because where I grew up, I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, um, I don't know. For, yeah, for any of you guys, any <laughs> Edmonton, where 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 I grew up, it was like just to put in perspective. Sometimes, uh, in areas, Catholic schools are considered the areas that are a little bit better, a little safer. And the public schools around the area I grew up were were kind of dangerous. So, I was the same. But I always question like, why? What is what is this stuff? Like, why am I believing this stuff? And as we get older, we start to question further. And then you start to like, I, I like how you said you went atheist because everybody go, I feel like everybody goes through that phase of, oh, there's nothing. This is all bullshit. This is nothing. We're just, we're just here. Right. And yep. what, what allowed you to sort of, what allowed you to sort of explore that? And, mm. and what was the thing that kind of made you realize that that's probably not the case? The, the fact that we exist and the fact that you know, atheism is a lot about just like nothingness and pure science. It didn't, it didn't necessarily make sense. So I went into the science and I went into all of it. And I was a big bang theory and quantum physics and string theory and all of Einstein. Like I went really nerdy yeah. uh, researching everything and it still didn't fully make sense. And where there was, where there was space of, Oh, well, there are just no answers yet. I'm like, Hmm, there are answers. <laughs> and so, yeah. so there's something that science cannot fully measure. And Again, I was living in Korea and I was introduced to Ayurveda and to traditional Chinese medicine and Korean medicine and Eastern philosophies. And I stayed in temples and studied with yoga practitioners. And I started to learn about the Vedas, to right. learn about the philosophies of how the universe originated. And then I got into the yin yang and masculine and feminine and energies and then further into quantum physics, which made actual sense to me. And so, it, yeah, it was just following the breadcrumbs of my bliss and allowing the universe to lead me into these different places and spaces, it just started to blossom and continuously unfold. 
Yeah, you started peeling back the layers. Yes. <laughs> did you watch What the Bleep Did We Know? Back in yes. The and when I and was 18, I watched uh, Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist, yeah. And then even like The Secret and all that stuff. Was I, what? Yes. Zeitgeist was mind-blowing. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it, it really was. And these are some things that I had questions about as well. Like, I, I didn't understand why people were so unhealthy and unhappy and over-prescribed medications. And it, like none of these things made sense to me. Right. And so when I started to peel back those layers, and I majored in psychology and sociology in university in my undergrad. And so I started to learn about sociology and about sociology of medicine and of health and then the, the history of the medical agents and, and of fluoride in our water and how that came from war times and all of the different things of, of just how we've come to be in our systems and structures and the corruption behind it and the greed behind it and the ulterior motives. And yeah. I started to piece together this puzzle of, of the great illusion that most of us are under the veil of. Right. Because we put our faith and trust in the system. Right? Yeah. Because that's what we were raised on. And our parents, they didn't know any better. That's what they were raised. And that was, that was the way it was. Yeah. Nobody questioned anything because that was, you know, that's what somebody says. So they're at this level. They're at this professional level. So we're going to listen to them. Nobody was, there was no internet. Well, there was like when I was growing up, I don't know how old are you again? I'm 31. Okay, I'm 36. So I didn't have the internet until I was like in grade 12. Like right. That's how yeah, behind my house. Uh, yeah. So like there was no questioning stuff, you know? And it was just like, and then all of a sudden these, these documentaries and these things started coming out and it's like, wait a minute, what? Like, yeah. What is going on here? That's the thing. We, humans are social creatures and we learn through socialization and through being taught. Yeah. And so when our worldview is so narrow in what we know, that's our truth because our truth is our perception of reality and our understanding from our state of consciousness. And so a lot of people don't ever get the opportunity to have their consciousness expanded by being in different circles or communities or cultures or religions or other beliefs. And so it's like they, don't, they, they haven't even been open to it. And mm -hmm. so what, what we see is that when somebody is uh, open to something new, or they meet a new concept, concept, you know, when they're in their 20s or whatnot. It's so foreign to them that, like, it throws off their entire worldview. And that's why I believe so many people are adverse to o and not open to these new concepts is because they have not understood that their reality is only what they've learned from a vantage point. But that's not, as the, that's not the capital T truth of reality at a whole. That's so true. And, and, that a big part of that, I think people get the realization once they start traveling the world, mm. right? You start to go, whoa, wait a minute. Things aren't like they are here. Yeah. You know, the simplest little things you notice, the little comforts, the things like in Canada, you know, you, we, we, big, huge roads, like huge, there's just room everywhere, right? Yeah. There's, it's safe. It's clean. And then, you know, you go even somewhere like Europe and things, the roads are small, like, things are older, the comforts, the little things you get used to aren't there. And you start to really expand, especially when you go to like Asia. And Absolutely. what was Korea like with that? Like how much did that <laughs> blow your mind? Yeah. So I started backpacking by myself when I was 20 years old and I went yeah. all through Europe, which was really cool. And then when I was 24, I, or 23, I was on scholarship and I moved to Korea and I landed and there was no English anywhere. 
Mm. And I was the only white person in <laughs> on the plane. And I remember this guy like in front of me tapped me and he turned around and tapped me. He's like, um, are you lost? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> and it, it was awesome. so mind blowing. I was overwhelmed all of the time just by the culture by the way that people eat, the way that people live, the way that people think and interact and the sardine-ness. Like there are more people in the one city of Seoul than in all of Canada. Like, yeah. It was overwhelming. Yeah. That's nuts. Personal space is not not a thing and the way that you interact is so different and the, the worldviews and the religion and and I was just blown open. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's per- think of the perspective on that. Like think of big Canada is. Think how big the states are. Like it's massive. And Korea is this tiny little place and it's got more people. Like it's, those are the things we take for granted, right? And you, that you don't learn until you're actually, oh shit, my discomfort, it's, it's uncomfortable. And that's where you start to grow and you start to appreciate. And then when you come back home, you're like, oh, okay, I have it pretty good in these sort of ways, right? But then again, there's also things that like Eastern medicine, stuff like that that is a whole other rabbit hole as well. It's been around for so long. Like what, explain to us what that, what it, I, I know the word, how do you say it again? Ayurveda, I'm sorry. Ayurveda. Yeah, what is it? Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So Ayurveda, it originated from the Vedas. It's an Indian, originally Indian philosophy of the universe. Yeah. Now it's, it speaks about the, from nothingness and everythingness, how the universe was formed and created, the masculine and the feminine, day and night, polarity, everything and anything. Uh, the way it's applicable to humans in, in our day-to-day lives is understanding that we are formed through different ratios of the elements. So there are three main types that you can fall under. The first type is vata, where you're very air and space. So you're predominantly air and spacey. Think people who are uh, who have a lot of anxiety or who are very scattered or all over the place. They're, they're very air and space. Now, the second type is pitta. So that's very fire and water. So think CrossFit type, like smaller, tighter builds, like fire, like really intense. Uh, and then the, the third type is kapha, which is water and earth. So more round, heavier, denser, more fluid. Think mm. Oprah. She's mm. very kapha. Cool. And so when you understand the different elements uh, in yourself and in, in every moment, you can know how to balance that out. Mm. So using foods, using lifestyle, using affirmations, mantras, different regions and climates, knowing what your constitution needs based on your imbalances at the time. Mm. See, those kind of things have been around for so long, yet we've bought into this system of fixing everything with a pill. You know, <laughs> one size fit all. And it comes in a little bottle. Take it every day with breakfast, lunch, and dinner and you'll be fine. Yeah. And then you know what? You'll probably get some side effects from it. And then you're going to take another thing. Oh, look, we can, we can really make money off this. Huh? How does and that- it's okay because, you yeah. know, once your livers and, and gallbladder and pancreas fail, well, we'll just cut it out. Yeah. And, uh, and then put you on dialysis and uh, do all of these surgeries and you'll be fine. And then there will be pills for you to recuperate and continue on for the rest of your life until you die. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it, it's fascinating. And, but on the, on the positive side of it, it's cool that we're actually, we're, we're evolving, I think. And people are realizing this more now. It's not like it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, even. Um, so th- throughout, th- throughout this journey, you know, you're, Obviously, I'm really excited to get into your diet journey, but like, 
what was your what was your biggest struggle through all of this like when you were kind of going through this spirituality and this growth and getting into all this stuff like was it always was did it always flow or was there some things that that really challenged you uh, I feel like I had a lot of socialized trauma, a lot of ancestral trauma. I was born into a, a, a family where my grandparents are amazing angels and so are my aunts. And my mom and my dad were 20 years old when they had me. Both were alcoholics. Both were in deep depressions, low self-esteem, a lot of anger, resentment, really ch- uh, troubled teenagers, essentially. Yeah. And I was raised by my mom and my stepdad, who was also... Uh, manic depressive uh, depersonalization disorder and both Aquarius and so were my brother and I'm a Leo. Okay, I'm like a bright shiny child and they were very, all of them were very, very uh, what I like to call like darker dense at the time. And so I was also fed a standard American diet where I ate pizza pockets, pogos, hamburgers, craft dinner and drank Sunny D and McCain juice and that was my diet. I didn't drink a glass of water till I was 21 years old. Um, True That's story. pretty standard, I think, for all of us growing up too, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And so I was constantly eating shitty foods, always getting sick. My mom had cancer twice. My dad has all of the diseases and there's all things in my genealogy. And so I was always sick, always angry, always upset, getting into fights with my family, constantly feeling this emotional abuse and neglect. And this went through my entire childhood into my teenagehood, which then led me to date men that were just like my father. So abusive relationship after abusive relationship, getting into drugs and alcohol and um, just like being a really angry person, getting into fights a lot, treating my family poorly, growing out of that a little bit, feeling so much guilt and shame and blame and anger and resentment. And when I was 22 or 23, my body started to break down. So I lost my menstrual cycle at 21 years old. I ended up losing it for seven years. I started to lose my hair. My hair would fall out in clumps. I began um, noticing that I was gaining weight rapidly. I got up to 200 pounds. And I'm six feet tall, so I could hold it. But still, 200 pounds was heavy for me. Um, My thyroid went hypothyroid. So my my levels are completely off. I was anemic. Then I started to um, get panic attacks often. My mental health was absolutely insane. I started to become extremely bipolar. And uh, what else happened? Then I started to lose my digestive abilities. I couldn't digest anything. I was constantly gassy, constantly bloated, constantly with indigestion. And when I was 24, everything just completely broke down and I thought that I was going to die. So I, I hit a point where I had a systemic blood infection. Everything in my body was completely off. And I found myself uh, laying in bed, waiting for an ambulance to come and get me because I thought I was dying. Yeah. And I had called my best friend. I had told her, Steph, I, I'm, I think I'm dying. I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't want to call my grandparents and freak them out. So if I die, please tell everyone that I love them and you can have all my things and just share my story. Wow. And I remember as I was waiting for the ambulance, I had so much pain in my body. I literally, it was like lightning stabbing through my entire body. Uh, I was laying in bed and I was just crying and crying and crying. And I had an experience where I feel like I heard my higher self or God that had my voice speaking to me. And I didn't believe in any of this, right? Like I, I started to be in spirituality and whatnot, but I didn't believe in like talking to your higher self. That wasn't in my vortex. And my higher self said to me like, Samantha, you asked for this. 
you, you, it was too much. You wanted it all to end. You couldn't take it anymore. And, and subconsciously, like you were asking to die and you now have that opportunity. Like, Whoa, that's got goosebumps. Yeah. And I remember hearing that and it's like, you know, the way that you're living is just too much and, and you couldn't take it anymore. Like I was living on my own. I was going to school. I couldn't pay for my bills. I was sick all the time. It was like abuse after abuse after abuse. There's just everything. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, this, this needs to end. And so I remember being presented with the opportunity, like, Hey, do you want to live or do you want to die? Cause you can die right now. Like that can happen for you right now. And you also have an opportunity to live if you so choose. And I remember getting the most intense wave of panic. And I, I got to fast forward through all of the things I would never do. I would never get to write the book I want to write, never get to do the TED talk, never get to help the people that I want to help, never get to get married, never get to be a mom or a grandma or be in love or have a home. All of that, I got to see all the things I would never do. And it, it shook me so intensely that literally I was shaking and crying and there was lightning. And I remember just begging my higher self, like, please, I have to live. I cannot die. I have to live. Like there's so much I need to do and experience. And I know who I am and my purpose just drops so profoundly. Like you were meant to go through this, to experience this, to have the empathy and compassion, to develop the tools to help others who are in this situation. And you need to live. And I remember just like being like, I am going to align and stop all of these old patterns and behaviors and thoughts and toxicity and really align myself with who I am becoming, with my true self. And so the ambulance showed up at that time, takes my metrics. They're like, this is not good. I get to the hospital, the whole thing. I end up being okay. And that next morning, as I woke up, I felt so different. I like literally felt like a new human. And from there, everything started to get better. My digestion got better. My thyroid got better. My hair started to get healthier again. And over the next five years, uh, I just learned every single thing about holistic healing, about spirituality, about the soul, about metaphysics, and uh, really committed to being in alignment with my truth and to rewriting some of those old patterns of anger, shame, blame, guilt, resentment, toxicity, like old patterns and truly aligned my life to health and healing so that I could thrive while helping others do the same. Okay, cool. I got to unpack this a little bit. Yeah. So, all right. So you're, this was when you were 24. All right. So you're, yeah. you're raised on the standard American diet, like all of us, pizza pops, all that crap, frozen stuff with a million ingredients. We all had that in the nineties, early two thousands. Okay. So then when did the conversation about going vegan happen? Was that during this time? Like, I really want to pinpoint for everybody listening out there, no right or wrong way. We've talked about this before, but when did you decide to go vegan? Mm -hmm. And let's specifically talk about how you felt great for a while because your talk on your YouTube channel, which everybody make sure you check out, I really enjoy it because you talked about how there was a period where you felt great, but then the last two years, you didn't feel good. So can we, yeah. can we go back and kind of talk, walk us through that journey a little bit? Absolutely. So I was 21 years old when I decided to become vegetarian. Okay. After I drank my first glass of water because my rugby coach forced me. Uh, and my, one of my best girlfriends was vegetarian. And I was like, well, I don't eat vegetables. Like, what is this that you're eating? So I decided to become vegetarian. I became vegetarian for three years. So from 21 to about 23. 
Okay. I felt amazing. I lost weight. I felt great. I had energy. I, I was, it was awesome. I was still eating a ton of eggs and, and cheese, mind you, um, but, you know, vegetarian. I just cut out meat. Mm-hmm. I also, I will say, cut out all gluten and sugar. So it wasn't just vegetarian. It was also gluten-free and sugar-free. Yeah. So which you, felt, I, you felt great. Yeah. I, felt okay. I want to just pause you before. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want everybody to understand the clarity here. So she went from eating a terrible diet to c- cutting out sugar, gluten, and a lot of crap. So of course you're going to feel better at first, right? If you're yeah. going from eating the worst food on the planet, taking all that out to what you're doing, of course you're going to feel good, right? Yep. Uh, okay. Exactly. Of course. Right. Yeah. Of so course. Yeah. I want everyone just- to know like this is like what yeah. drives me fucking crazy <laughs> is like people go, oh, well, I switched over and I felt amazing. Well, what do you think you're going to feel like when you're eating processed crap all the time? Yeah. And then you switch over to real food. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Of course, right? Because I, I didn't just cut out the meat and eat like vegetarian pizza pockets and vegetarian yeah. hot dogs and like vegetarian craft dinner. That's not what I did. I yeah. completely shifted everything. Yeah. Uh, and then, then I started to feel good for two to three years. Yeah. And then I went vegan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So probably around 23. And, and I was obsessed. Like I started to learn everything and I was like obsessed with it and dogmatic about it and like started a vegan blog and was all the things, you know, like That's vegan. What vegan happens. Vegan. Yeah. And like, and I also started to judge other people and, and then started to be so obsessed and worried about everything. So I went like vegan and organic, like very, very organic. And I was sprouting my grains and like, uh, you know, not eating beans. Like I did it to the T. I was in naturopathy school at this time wow. as well. So it was like really being shoved down my throat mm-hmm. to be vegan. And then I did not feel good anymore. I started to develop a minor eating disorder. I started to be freezing cold again all the time. Started to notice that my thyroid levels weren't doing well. My hair was starting to fall out. Um, I was needing to nap every single day, at least two hours a day after school. And then this is where it really started to deteriorate into where I was 24. And then I got really sick at around 24, 25. And at that time I was completely vegan and I had my naturopaths and my practitioners and other people, my doctors being like, Sam, I think you need to start eating meat. You're six feet tall. You're playing professional rugby, competitive volleyball. You're active all the time. You're O negative blood type. You're anemic right now. Your thyroid's not doing well. Like you need meat. Your eyes are, you have dark circles in your eyes. And I was like, no, factory farming, environmental, politics, ethics, da, da, da. What the hell? It's like, I've seen the documentaries. I know what's better. So that happened after I got really sick and decided to change my life. I still was vegan for another eight months or so. But then it just dropped in for me one day when I, like when I was talking to one of my practitioners um, that I, I, I really, it feels like my body wants meat. I would always crave it, think about it. And so I decided, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be open. I'm going to try it. And I had a chicken breast and I felt like a whole new human. Literally, I had more energy than I had had. My digestion was great. My body felt amazing. And it was just a true yes. I was like, Mm. yes, this feels right for me. Mm. This is so important. And you guys listening out here, there's, I've, I've, I've talked to you guys before. I don't care what you eat. I, I don't judge anybody. I've had carnivores. I've had vegans on the show. It's, you got to pick what's best for you. But the main thing I want everybody to understand is that your body is unique. It's a unique instrument. And yes. each 
person needs different things. So you need to understand that if what you, if your body isn't performing properly, everyone talks about, we got to fill our cup first. You got to put your mask on first before you put it on somebody else. But then when it comes to eat diet, it's like, well, no, I'm going to sacrifice my health because of whatever reasons. And I understand that, but you have a tool. And if you aren't operating at your full potential and you're sick because of whatever beliefs you have, which is fine, then you're actually a disservice to the rest of the people around Mm. you. You aren't vibrating at the level that you should be, you know? And another thing is people give, talk about eating high vibrational foods. I'm all for that. I, I agree. But what happens to that food when it goes into your gut and it gets digested? It's not the same. If you feel gassy and bloated and, and terrible and depressed, and then you're, you have to go speak to people and talk to that, how high vibration is that? Right? Mm. That's low vibration. It doesn't matter about yes. the, the thing before you eat it. And I just wanted to get into this mm. because mm. I've been thinking about this because energetically, I, I agree. I don't like to eat meat for the fact on the spiritual side of things because you hear... I really want to talk to you about this part too, is like, I don't enjoy the fact of animals dying. I don't enjoy the fact of that. Let's be real clear about that. But I also know that there's ways, there's good ways and there's bad ways. Like there is anything. There's good ways to be vegan also. And there's bad ways. I think everybody, there's not, everybody can thrive on that diet. I think some people can, but some people can't. And I just get frustrated with like how everybody sort of just buys into this thing that, all meat eating is bad. Yeah. And, consciousness. and, but from an energetic perspective, I've gone back and forth about this too, because I'm like, ha, oh, you know, like maybe, maybe you're, they're right. But how, how come I don't feel good when I eat all these crazy veggies in my stomach and I'm, I'm, I got the worst gut rot ever. And I got to like, feel like that. Why does that make sense? Like why? This is so important what you're saying. Okay. So, yeah. The body, it's so funny because we are taught to be so cerebral, right? We outsource our information about nutrition. Like, what does this book say and this book say and this textbook say? The thing is, is that your body is not cerebral. It is somatic. It needs to be felt and experienced. And so I don't care what your brain thinks about this diet or that diet. If your body isn't on board, your body is highly intelligent and it knows what it needs better than your brain does, better than any textbook or any dogma or any documentary. Mm -hmm. And so. I struggled with that a lot. I read all of the textbooks a hundred times. And what really helped for me was experimenting, being in tune, being honest and open by saying like, what does my body need right now? Because that will shift, that will change. And again, bring it back to Ayurveda. It's with your constitution. It's say you're very high anxiety, high stress, all over the place, super ungrounded. Meat is very grounding. It's energetically very, very grounding. It will align you in a way. If you're extremely pitta, extremely fire, extremely aggressive, meat will exacerbate that. Mm. And, and so it's just even interesting to understand about the energies of things yeah. and where you are and what works for you. And then the thing that you said about frequency and vibration is so on point. And quantum physics shows that an object or the proton is affected by the consciousness that observes it. And mm. so if you take a piece of meat and you bless it, and you thank it and you have gratitude and you allow your body to receive it with that gratitude, it will be high vibrational because it has been infused with the intentionality and the frequency of your intention. Yeah. 
And so it makes a big difference than, you know, if you're going out and factory farming and eating it and like just like mindlessly and wasting half of it, like that's so low vibe. And that's not mm. what we're suggesting here. It's about intentionality and being mindful and aligned with what you're putting into your body and how it's being produced as well. Yeah. And that's the thing. There's not, there's not one right way. And Mm -hmm. I get it. It's like everybody starts to show these videos of animals being slaughtered and do you like eating flesh and this kind of shit. And I get, I get where they're coming from. Like I understand it and I, I respect it, but I don't think that's the right angle to turn me into a vegan. Show me some slaughter. I like, don't, that's not the way. The, no. the way for me is to show me your journey from this point to this point. And, and, and even, even if, like you said, you did it for a certain period of time and there was two years where you felt like, or whatever, there was a time where you started to decline. I want to see, and I want to hear your results. I don't want to see your, like your fear tactics and making me feel bad. Mm. Right. I want to yeah. see your results. Hey, you know what? There are vegans that can thrive. There are. There, there definitely is. I, I totally agree. There's carnivores that can, that can thrive. I've seen so many people from that elimination diet, like just, but it's so out of our wheelhouse because it's so, it's, and I don't, I don't particularly like eating that much meat. It just doesn't feel right. But if it means you're going to heal that, the human from that, then that human is more service to the world. I mean, why was, mm. why is that a bad thing? Right. Is it it, I love what you're saying. You know, I've really struggled with this though, to be honest, even yeah. for the, for the past three years. And what I came to, you know, I, I go to paleo effects every year. I learn all of the things I learned the science being, knowing how to understand research is huge. If you are going to be cerebral about this, like watching things like game changers or what the hell, what they do is they take one little variable from their research and they hyper blow it up where it's, it's falsified. It is yeah. falsified data. So again, I studied sociology, psychology. I have a quantitative data background. So I know how to understand and break apart arguments. Most of us aren't taught to do that. And so really, if, if you want to believe in one thing, I highly recommend that you completely research the other thing yes. first, oh right? And get to the science, get to the data, not just articles that some Joe Blow wrote online, but the clinically published journals through PubMed or Google Scholar. Um, and, and then also meditation. I feel, you know, really meditating and going within. For me, my, my true answer came through an ayahuasca ceremony where I asked Mother Ayahuasca, like, hey, is, meeting, is eating meat wrong for me or is it right? And the answer came through and I saw the whole thing. And what actually came through is, and people that don't believe in this will think I'm crazy and y'all can think I'm good, crazy. Good, I love it. But what came through was I was like, look, I'm really struggling with this. It feels good in my body, but I, all my thoughts are thinking that it's supposed to be this other way. Like, show me. And I met uh, the, like, the essence or the, the spirit of animals. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, it is an honor to, to meld our bodies with yours. If you take us in with gratitude, you bless our flesh that, that has been given for you, sacrificed for you, and it is a joy to be able to live through your body if you use this flesh to do good in the world. So the energetic in which you consume meat is so important. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I was blown away, and I, it brought me to tears, and I thought, oh my gosh, like this is so counterintuitive of like an animal yeah. would get joy. But the thing is, is that, 
we do consume that flesh and the energetic and it is taken into our bodies and we do live through that energy exchange. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it is kind of beautiful that we meld our bodies with animals and they get to do good in the world and create positive change by fueling us. Yeah. I mean, I'll be the first to admit that if, if I could thrive as a human and eat these, these fake burgers and there was no consequences and Hey, I would be down, but I don't want to put that crap in my body. First of all. Oh my gosh. Beyond me. Can we just rip that apart? It's just like the most, it's the most unethical, disgusting stuff. And, and let's talk about not only what's in there, but what are the consequences of creating that stuff? Let's talk about the environment because I'm okay. Look, I'm not that I'm not that educated in how this works. I'll be the first to admit about how the agriculture and all that. I just know that there is a big business in keeping people unnourished and hungry, just like the days of creating all low-fat foods, keep people hungry, people got sick. Now they create this, this crap where they can grow all this crap, put it into a package, feed you, and they can make money off that because they can mass produce it. You can't make money reinvesting in agriculture and, and, and farms and big companies can't make money doing that unless they can. And I don't know about it, but please talk to us about the environment and, and how that works. I know a lot of people are going to be upset about this, this conversation, yeah. but it doesn't matter because I'm, I'm all about everybody doing what's best for them. And I, you know, I, I love everybody's, I love everybody because everybody's looking through life at a different lens. It's your journey. You're at that point, but we need to unpack this stuff and we need to talk about it because we need to have the self-awareness of what's happening and what's right for us. And somebody like yourself being through this, I thought it was so valuable when I heard your story because I didn't even think that we were going to get into this before I saw your YouTube video. And I was like, Oh, perfect. Somebody that's gone from one side to the other. And, but let's talk about, before I ramble on forever about the environment and and what Mm -hmm. happens and what are, how, how many things are being killed to make this pea protein and, you know, the difference between one and the other. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. First, I will say, you know, even the house I live in, we're a vegan household. Every, the food that we create is vegan. Most of the, I eat probably like 85% plant-based. Yeah, and me too. I feel like a lot of people, you know, I think that people can thrive on a plant-based diet, especially yeah. if you're living in the tropics, if you're living a very Zen lifestyle, if your body, if yeah. you're, you know, your B or A and your blood type, like I think people can do well, especially if they're sprouting their grains. I don't think that you, I'm not saying everyone will die on a vegan diet. That's not it. I'm just saying no. that where I was in my life, it did not work for me. And I've worked with over a thousand, probably over, yeah, over a thousand clients for their, for their healing journeys. And probably about half of them said that they were not doing well on a vegan diet, even when they were doing it to the T of sprouting and all the different things. So what I'm saying is neither are right nor wrong, yeah. bad or good. It's just what is right for you. Exactly. Now, that being said, the agricultural and the environmental aspect, when you look at the package of a Beyond Meat Burger, you kind of think like, oh, it's okay. It's just like pea isolate, which most people don't know what that means. And then there's like other things and things, but they all look kind of good. The thing is, is that the monocropping of mass monocropping of soy and peas and all of these crops and wheat, all the things that they're adding into uh, these kind of like packaged fake foods, like the tofus and the seitans and all of that, um, all of that fake meat, it's monocropping. It's 
not good. It's environmental degradation. It's really not a sustainable or rejuvenative, definitely not rejuvenative way of farming and creating agriculture. It's also really unhealthy for your body to be continuously eating the same protein every single day, especially where it's an isolate, where it's not in its natural form. So there's so much waste as well. The, like they're taking the pea, taking the isolate, and there's so much waste byproduct. The chemical impact for these factories on the environment is massive. It's really awful. And then our bodies do not recognize the molecular structure of isolates of pea mixed with all of these different things. And so genetically, our bodies are kind of like, what is this thing that's happening? And that's why people are so gassy and bloated and not having great digestion and then having thyroid issues and skin issues, constantly hungry, overeating, because we're not getting real whole foods. And Beyond Meat is also not mentioning all of the additives and the ways of the processing chemicals and toxins that are in their products. They're not completely organic. And so it's, it's hard for me to see people thinking that they're doing good and thinking that they're putting something good in their body and doing good for the environment, when really it feels like to me it's more of a marketing scam that people are benefiting from at the corporate level. Um, and really, yeah, just taking advantage of naive people who are trying to do good in the world. Yeah, and all these people that are, they're all, they all have great intentions. Like, I know that. I know, you know, the vegans of the world, you know, I love you guys. I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. And I don't even like, I don't like the black and white, the, even saying vegans and not, I'm like yeah. just people that prefer plants over animal. Based. I eat majority of my plate is plants. I just, I like Same. a little bit of meat. Like yeah. that's the, that's the thing here because I know my body is a tool and I need to, I need, look, I could get by without it probably, but I want to be optimal. And I want to be the best service I can be to humans. And I feel that meat is, is the thing that adds that. So that's where I'm at. And I've also heard the science about how powerful that stuff is too. Organ meats mm-hmm. and all of that. But Absolutely. Like, how about, this is the thing that people ignore too. How many things, small critters and small things have to die in order to plow these massive unnatural crops? Billions. This is, like, the, the, the illusion of death, this is the thing. Okay, so. Yeah. Like death is such an illusion and we, we're like, oh, well, again, like only God can kill, right? That's in the Bible. That's like this very strong program that is through our consciousness. Like only God can take a life. And so when we're taking an animal life, but the thing is, is that in the animal kingdom, which we are a part of, uh, the, the cycle of life, the food chain, animals eat animals, which eat animals, which eat animals, which get eaten by humans. That's, that's how it goes. And then we die and all of the bugs and bacteria eat us. We are constantly eating. Right now, as I breathe, I'm eating billions of bacterial yeah. cultures. There, there's, it, it's just such an illusion that we're not killing anything. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's one thing. <laughs> one thing about that. It's, you know, even scientifically, like say an algae. Okay, you have your algae. The, the fish eats the algae and conjugates its nutrients and, and creates EPA and DHA. Now we eat the fish and we are able to absorb the EPA and DHA and the nutrients from the algae. Our human bodies have not evolved to where we can eat the algae and pull out the nutrients in the same way that the fish can, because that's just not how we've evolved. That's not how the cycle of life is. And so when we're eating a lot of these plant foods and a lot of like the, the raw ingredients, 
our bodies aren't able to really utilize it in the same way because that's just not honoring nature. Mm. And so we can pretend and we can think what we want and do what we want. But the truth is, is like, if you don't feel great, well, you don't feel great. And when we yeah. stop denying and lying to ourselves, because a lot of us are doing that, then we really have an opportunity to be open to, to a different viewpoint and perspective on, on, our, on our physical 3D world. Yeah, it's exactly. It just, what bothers me about this whole thing is the, 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 the choices people make from watching one documentary, you know? And the, the people that think, hmm, wow, we've been lied to this whole time about eating meat. And then they watch that. And you're like, well, what do you think is the motive behind this? This isn't, you know, some 16-year-old in his garage making a documentary and, and showing it to people for the first time. This is a thought out production that's been going on for years. There was people that bailed halfway through the production because they, they went off the vegan diet. That just bothers me is the misleading information to really, they knew what they were doing. They knew that they would get the people in that, that part of the spectrum and that's what would happen. And what is happening was predicted. And the people that know a little more and are a little bit more in depth, they're not going to buy into that. But this is no different than what's been happening with this brainwashing for years. It's like you have to, you have to be able to look at both sides, right? Yeah. And from the evolution perspective, again, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I only listen. I, I get my information from people I respect who are a lot smarter than I am. And from what I have heard, we evolved. Our brain size is the way it is because we ate meat. I know a lot of people will deny it, but that is the truth from mm -hmm. sources that I have studied and listened to. And yes, now we're at the level of consciousness where we think, well, we're so conscious we shouldn't eat meat. I get that point. And that bothers me too. But at the same side, what we got to where we are from eating meat. So why all of a sudden we're conscious because of that, getting eating meat, whatever, our brains. Why would we stop now? Like why, why is that? Why, why does that make yeah. any sense? And something I've seen, you know, I, I've seen this in my practice. I've been in practice, clinical practice for 12 years now. And I've, I've worked with people with multiple sclerosis, with um, anxiety, with depression, with chronic seizures, with hypothyroidism, infertility, all of these things. And what I know and what I've noticed is when we start eating a more paleolithic diet, removing the grains and the dairy and the sugar and even some of the legumes and add in great quality fatty fish, organic meats, organ tissues, uh, lots and lots of veggies, fruits, whole food diet, adding in uh, omega oils, people thrive. And bone broth. Bone broth, absolutely. Butter because of the butyric yeah. acid. Yeah. People thrive. Yeah. And so how do I deny that? And then when, I, when I, I've traveled the entire world, I've been to over 30 countries now, really studying the diets of the healthiest people on the planet, you know, going to the Native Americans, going to Scandinavia, going to the Mediterranean, going to Korea and seeing these places, they're all eating meat. Yeah. Right? And, I, and then I went to very spiritual meccas in um, places like Malaysia in vegetarian communities. And you know what I saw? Everyone is fat. And... Yeah. What can I say about that? It's, it's just, this is qualitative data. Of course, this is my own experiential um, mm -hmm. experience, but it's been 12 years now that I've been studying this 
and also the quantitative data through Dr. Axe's work or Dr. Pulmutter or the Chris yeah. Kresser Institute or, you know, there's so epic researchers, my good friend, Rob Wolf or Ben Greenfield, like they're, they're doing the quantitative data yeah. research and it's all showing the same things that I've been experiencing qualitatively through experience. And so, yeah. you know, it's, they're all amazing. Rob Wolf's coming on the show in February. No, you got to chat with, you got to talk to Dr. Paul Saladino. He'll have, he's got his show. He'll talk to you about going from vegan to he's that guy is the honestly when he, i hear him talk about it like i hear the benefits of eating organ meats and meat and all that and that all that mm -hmm. like i just it blows my mind it blows yeah. my mind how much he knows about this stuff and and how it's healed so many people i'm not gonna i don't i'm not gonna condone eating a bunch of he doesn't condone eating just ribeye steaks all the time i know dr sean baker likes that and that's fair some some people can eat ribeye steaks and you know, salt water and that kind of thing. Great. If you got a really bad autoimmune problem, but I like Rob Wolf's approach and it's like, Hey, there's something here. You know what? Yeah. Not everybody can eat a whole bunch of veggies either because of the level of their gut. I encourage people to eat. I love veggies, but you know what? There's certain veggies that I'm like, Ooh, and there's has been times where I've had steak and eggs and huh, I don't have any bloated. I feel great. And I'm like, huh, this is weird. And yeah. Although morally, I don't like the feeling of not having, it's a weird thing, but I felt better. But I like variety. I like foods. I like vegetables. I like colors. Mm. I like fruit. Just like Ben Greenfield mm. talks about too. But he had, he's the kind of guy that's so smart also where he's kind of gone down a lot too in what he eats. And, yeah. you can't, and what I like about these guys is that they are willing to learn and they're willing to grow. They're not like, this is how it is. I was taught like this. They're willing to kind of listen, try it out and go, huh, this is my perspective, right? Yeah. And, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, Paul Saladino doesn't eat any dairy at all. He cuts all that out. Like, very yeah. interesting. Like, we had, the guy blew my mind. And, hmm. and how do you ignore this kind of stuff? Like, yeah, but I, I love what you said about being willing to change. I am so willing to change and be wrong. I have been wrong before. Yeah. I will be wrong again. And and, and so maybe in five years from now, I'm going to be the most Zen Buddhist monk-like woman and meat will just not even be in my existence. And I yeah. will be, you know, half breathitarian and half fruititarian. Who the heck knows? Yeah. Like, and, and so giving myself the grace to be open and to experiment and to really tune into what is right for me is, mm. is something, a gift I've given myself. And something I want to mention, because you've, you've said it a couple of times, is about the moral side of things. Yeah. I truly believe the thing that corrupts and toxifies and burdens the human body more than anything that we put in our mouth are the thoughts and the feelings that we have about ourselves. So it's not just about the what that you're eating. It's about the how and the energy in which. If you are eating something and you eat it with guilt and shame, you are eating guilt and shame. Yeah. Your body is encoding that food with guilt and shame. And it is energetic. If you are conscious, you understand energy, that everything is energy. Everything is perceptual. And so allowing yourself to release the guilt, shame, blame, resentment, anger, you know, not enoughness. I am a bad person. I am wrong. All of that, because those are the viruses that are corrupting us from the inside out, keeping yeah. us sick and stressed and diseased and depressed. And so again, with this, like the vegan movement, 
do we really want to be shaming each other? Like, have we not gone yeah. through that enough with like religion and with culture? It's, it's with become the new religion. It's become the new, like it's like control all delete to all of the shame programming. That's not the way in which I choose to live no. anymore. You're right too. And you know what? There, there may come a time where who knows what's going to happen. You know, our bodies may, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think I'll always have to have some sort of animal products, but who knows, you know, you're right from who knows what we'll evolve into, but do we want to be shaming each other? We're just creating more havoc. We're all unique individuals and we need to respect that and honor that and whatever works for you. Great. I'm not going to judge you. However you eat, that's your business. If you're thriving and you feel great, man, I, I applaud you. I applaud you. You're, you've done it. You've got it. If you feel like crap, but you're doing it for the wrong reasons because of this or that, I, I encourage you to try something else. And I think we can all thrive on whatever the diet you want to call it, if it works for you. Right. And I just wanted to be clear about that to everybody because I've said it before. I don't like to, I don't like to be the person that's like the asshole and, mm -hmm. and, and call out a bunch of shit. I'm just calling it as it is. Right. Thank you for giving us some insight on that. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's something that I feel is needed to talk about, even though on my video about why I quit the vegan diet, you know, there are like over 60,000 views and many thousand comments. And some of them were the most hateful things I've ever read. Of course. Like, I will come and kill your first child and feed it to you because you are a murderer and you eat flesh. And when I read that, I, like, I laugh because I don't take those things personally. <laughs> it just makes me think of like, wow, that's where you're at in your life that you think those kind of thoughts. And, and I have compassion because I understand that they think I'm a murderer and that they care so deeply. And what I see is their love. I see how much they love and that they're pure in intention, not pure execution, but I can have compassion for them. Mm -hmm. And, and so I get it, you know, I get the other side of the spectrum. I was there. So I, I just understand both. Um, and I've really given myself again, like I said, permission to just honor how I, how I feel and trust that I know what's true for me mm -hmm. and have compassion for others with where they are and trust that they know what's true for them and that that might change and that that's okay. Yeah. There's another girl, Elise Parker. She has like 500,000 followers on Instagram. She's got like, she's, she went basically vegan to carnivore and she just got eaten alive. Like she's got a massive following, right? She was a massive, and she's actually supposed to come on the show. It's just been hard to coordinate, but, um, massive vegan like person, right? Huge influence on YouTube and, and Instagram. And then she switched over and she's got a lot of hate, a lot of hate. Yeah. That's the thing. Like too. it's crazy. It's like, what kind of, what are you lacking in your brain to hate somebody this much? Like maybe you're lacking something. Why would you hate anybody that much? Yeah, compassion like, and, and recognizing that we truly are one. We are all physical manifestations of one source consciousness. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just about that, that compassion. And we, we need more of that in the world. Mm. Through what you're doing, at, what is it called again? In The Mystic Manor. Hey, in, in please Manor talk California. to us more about this because this was really intriguing. And I want to talk about plant medicine and stuff and all this fun yes. stuff. Yes. So I feel like the most important vitamin that humans need is vitamin C, vitamin community and connection <laughs> and insert cheesiness here. I, lo I love that. You guys can wow, quote so, that one. So cheesy. I'm drinking a freaking flamingo mug right now. You're perfect. <laughs> and, uh, and so what it is, is it's a consciousness hub and community center where we host retreats every single week, transformational retreats 
where uh, four to eight guests come every single week and I'm the retreat facilitator here. So I get to take them through the embodiment exercises and activities to shed all of the layers that are no longer serving them, the guilt, the blame, the shame, the old stories, the patterns, the habits, the not enoughness, and to help them come to the truth and the core of who they really are, to remember why they're here, their passion and their purpose and what they want to experience and create, and then give them the tools and the accountability ability to truly step into that power and to go out and make positive change in the world. Mm. So they also work with Dr. Joe Dispenza's business partner, Kim Boda, oh. for, for a day and a half. So doing the neuro reprogramming. Amazing. Then they have a day with Brandon Beecham, the founder of the Positive Head podcast, and they get to have one-on-one coaching with him. Then on Saturdays, we have our live taping of the Optimistic TV show. So we bring in visionaries and leaders, philosophers and doctors, and we, they just share their genius uh, with the community and the world. And I, f- I said yes to coming to this wild, crazy place because I knew that this is what the world needs. Different like shifts in the paradigm of how we live and play and collaborate and co-create and re-architecting humans, helping them rewrite the reality and reprogram their consciousness so that they're empowered to be who they really are. I love that. I love it. How do I, like, when does it start? Can I? (laughs) You can come any week. We actually do. We do have some spots open for 2020. Uh, A lot of the weeks are booked. However, we have still, you know, five or six weeks that are open. So if anyone wants to come and hang out for a week or Lance and yeah. anyone else who's coaching or facilitating, if you would like to host a retreat here for a week, we have about four weeks that are still open for our facilitator partnerships. And so cool. you could come here and host a retreat for your community. That's awesome. That's a, that's a great thing to know. Um, for all of you guys that don't know, the first time I was in LA last year was in, I think January. And I went to this place called Santa Monica for the first time. And then I was like, huh, this is cool. It reminded me of Australia. Um, mm. I forget that street. And then I walked down that one main street. What is that street in Santa Monica called? I forget. That main one? I don't know. Anyway, so. Drive? No, that's in Beverly Hills. Okay. I don't know. I just moved here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fair enough. No, there's this one street called, I forget. Anyway, so I went to Bulletproof Cafe. I did the things, I did the walk, and then I, w- I started to walk on the beach. And I was like, okay. And then I was starting to notice things changing a little bit. And it was getting a bit darker. I was like, huh. And I was walking down this path, and then I'm like, and it was like, there's a sign that said Venice, and I was like, oh, Venice Beach. I was like, this is cool. This is like from the movies. Like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, it started to get dark. And I started to hear this music and I started to see these, these people and this interesting stuff going on. And then I see like these skateboarders and I see Arnold Schwarzenegger's gym gold, whatever from back of the day. And I was like, wow. And there was this energy that was in the air. I don't know what is going on in that place, but there's humans of, yeah, there's these humans of different sorts, like cruising around. And I'm just like, Whoa, I feel like I I feel like I'm high right now, but I know I'm not. And I'm just hearing this like this vibe of like I can smell some in the air and I'm feeling this as I walk. There's different music coming on and like there's hip hop and then there's like some hippie music and then there's like I'm like, whoa, this is like a this is a different world, you yes. know? And it got dark and then I was just like and then it became this feeling this like 
almost this, I could compare the feeling to the first, it's not the same at all, but the feeling I had when I walked into Amsterdam at night, like it was like a different thing I've never seen. This is completely different, but it was like, whoa, this is like something I've never had before. Mm. Venice Beach has this unique vibe to it. If anybody, maybe yeah. people think I'm nuts that are from there. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, you're so right. It's that's palpable. what I felt. That's what I Absolutely. felt. And then, yeah. and then there's all these people selling this cool shit. And you know, I ended up buying a necklace mm-hmm. the second time I was there. Cause I was like, I want the vibe from this place. Yeah. And there's crystals. And I'm like, this, this is really, really cool. I, I can't put my finger on it. And then I went there again a few months later for something else. And I got the same vibe, you know, mm-hmm. and something cool about that going on. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, Hollywood and Venice and like Los Angeles is the known as the throat chakra of the world. It's, it's expression. People are definitely extra. And I love that because there's an irreverence. It's like, I know who I am. I know why I'm here. And this is what I have to offer. People are so themselves and confident. And yes, there's, you know, the polarity to that. Um, But at the same time, it's, the energy here is amazing that's why people flock here when they want to be successful and network and create it's all the conversations i have are about chakras and manifestation and past lives and it's everybody is just on a totally different wavelength when it comes to being open spiritual and conscious yeah totally it's so true and there's so many personalities there too like even like you go to hollywood and it's like this this one and then you go to beverly hills and you're like whoa like it's there's something about it and I never understood it. And you know, for all of you that have been there a million times, you know, you'll probably laugh, but I, 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 once I got there and I was in on that air, I was like, I get it now. I get it. All right. I understand. Yeah. There's the beach from Baywatch. I get it now. Like, I'm just like, this is hilarious. And I, I want, my goal is I love to be able to live there and have a studio there mm. podcasting. I'm putting it out to the universe. I would love that vibe because it really reminds me of Australia too. I lived in Sydney. I lived in Oz. Yeah, me too. And I was like, this is something that's similar, but it's different. It's a little bit closer. It's a, you know, like it's not yeah. 15 hours away, but it gives you that same vibe kind of, you know? Do you play with manifestation? I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm working on it now. I go to, okay, this, do a little I go to this, I go to this place called the Zen Den here in Vancouver where yeah. they, there's like all this, I think I might've told you it's, it's, it's meditation, there's sound baths, there's Reiki. It's all new to me, but it gives me a place to go and actually have intentions to go and do this stuff instead of at home where it's really hard for me in the evenings. Mm. But this, like, I, that kind of stuff is like manifestation is I'm really trying to become better at it, you know? Well, we can do it right now. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to sure. do this together. And it's really fun when you're, you can do this in a group or with one-on-one by yourself. So when you're saying, okay, so I'm putting that out to the universe, I want to manifest, I, w- I would like to have a studio in California, be connected to Epic People podcast. Great. So what we're going to do is you're going to close your eyes and you're going to feel the feeling of already having it. So feel the feeling you're sitting in your bomb, dope ass podcast studio in California with your podcast set up. Yeah, you're I am. Interviewing the most epic humans. It is thriving. It's a hub. It's amazing. It's everything you wanted. You did it. You accomplished it. You yeah. made it. Yeah. Feel that feeling and take that feeling and anchor it in right into the core of your being. Like this is already happening. I have a beach view. 
Well, I, I, I have to, I have to. Here, so you see the ocean, <laughs> you hear the waves, there's a little seagull flying over, like the warmth of yeah. the sun is coming in, you feel it, and you yeah. anchor it in, and then you just sigh of relief, like, ooh, I'm so glad. Oh, it's oh, a good course. place to be right now. It smells really good in here too. Of course, <laughs> of course, this is happening. And then you thank the universe. Thank you, universe. Thank you for, for making this. this manifest for me. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't it just beautiful how once you sort of get to learn this stuff? And a lot of the listeners have heard me talk about this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I was always one to think about, oh, it's woo-woo, or I was taught to think this stuff was woo. But now there's something happening. There's, it there's stuff. It's there's so stuff, it's there's so stuff happening. It's real. Yeah. We're walking around. I was leaving the gym today. I'm, t- I'm not even kidding. I was walking around. I'm like, we're, what, are we, what are we doing? Like, we're just these humans that are just walking around like on the ground. I'm like, gravity's holding us here. Like, how? Like, this is absolute miracle. Like, what is actually happening? Like, what? Like, I know that's crazy. I go off on this stuff. I'm just like, this is, this is fucking nuts when you think mm. about it. And you think of like the potential of all the different stuff that is going on you know, that we can't really quantify, but we, we know it's there, but we don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and it's the more you learn and the more I talk about this stuff, the more I believe it. And there's still part of me, I'm not going to lie inside. I'm like, does eh, this really work? You know? And that's the thing. It's like, but I have more conversations about it working than, than, than not working. Right. And mm. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I believe it. I fully do that, that there's more than what's happening than what we can, you know, measure right totally and and for anyone out there who's like okay yeah that's bullshit or that's so woo woo maybe and i invite you to try it on for 30 days yeah what's the harm like okay you know this whole manifestation da 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 positive thinking all of that i'm gonna i'm gonna just play with it for 30 days and see how it goes and if at the end of 30 days it doesn't work for you doesn't feel good quit it Hmm. and what i've seen many, many times over is at the end of 30 days, people were like, oh my God, money fell out of the sky. Literally. I don't even understand. I, I, I met my dream partner. Like I got a promotion at my job. This house just was inherited to me out of nowhere. Like I want more. <laughs> do you, do you still have that feeling like that? Oh, it's just, you know, that it's just a coincidence feeling. No, like, never, never, never anymore. I am. I, I, am I don't either, but there's something so like, in tune. I'm like, well, you know, like <laughs> for me the synchronicities happen yeah. so intensely like so intensely and i'm really attuned to them yeah and sure it could be all bullshit and i could be just making meaning of it that that's another reality but does that feel fun and exciting for me no and so no. i get to choose what feels real for me you and have two choices exactly right? and it's not that one's right or wrong it's just which one is more fun delicious pleasurable and effective for what i want to create in my life and yeah. believing in magic and miracles and synchronicities uh, and the universe, that feels really good. And it really works for me. And so I get to, I get to choose yeah. to believe in that. You know, where it really shifted for me was, so I, I started practicing meditation and gratitude and all that stuff. But what also really shifted for me, the fact that I started to believe it is Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. Yes. You, if you, anybody, any human listening right now, if you have any, if you're skeptical, go read his book, Becoming Supernatural. Yes. You are the placebo, all of them. But I love Becoming Supernatural. He explains yes. what's happening. You know, your energy. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. So this is what I, I, I've... I've so if we have our chakras, right? 
and we have an energy field around us. And if we take too much from one, it's unbalanced. So then we actually have to take part of that energy around us to compensate. So that actually d- doesn't align us to what we want. Yeah. Is that something that's kind of, but like him, the way he explains the science of the thing that we're talking about, that's where people, because we're so, we go to school and we have to know the reason why these things from science, right? And he finally takes this mystical thing and, and quantifies it for us. And he, him and Aubrey Marcus had an amazing episode on Aubrey's podcast, which was like, holy shit, right? That's where the, the non-believers can really become believers because it's like, hey, you need the, the proof? Here it is. Yeah, science has caught up to spirituality and yeah. not fully because it can't, <laughs> but it, a lot. And quantum physics, which is what Dr. Joe Dispenza, his premises, you know, Dr. Bruce Lipton as well yeah. uses epigenetics and, and, and his work, the biology of belief is very similar to Joe Dispenza with the placebo and epigenetics and the power of observation and, and thought and consciousness creating your reality. And so we now have the ability in the research and the science to back the mysticism or the woo-woo-ness. So yeah. for anyone who is very cerebral and wants to understand or, ex- or explore, uh, yeah, definitely Dr. Joe Dispenza and Bruce Lipton are amazing resources for that. Mm. So good. So good. He's, it's almost like so much sometimes that I, I have to be in the right state to read his stuff because it's like, I have to read it over again because I'm like, this is insane. Like, this yeah. is so interesting. Like, so so to, to really land what they, what they say and to bring it back to our conversation is every single cell in your body is interconnected to your consciousness and they are all sentient, uh, sentient cells. They're all listening, essentially. They're all listening to every single thought in your body because it's completely interconnected. And so they're vibrating and resonating with your thoughts and your beliefs and your feelings. And so when you have a thought, like, I am fat, I gain weight easily, your cells resonate uh, and are programmed with, I am fat, I gain weight easily. When your brain starts to say, my body is healing, my body is healing, my body is healing, my inflammation is going down, your cells are listening, and they start to get programmed with, my body is healing. Because your brain through your limbic system codes your neurosynapses and your neurotransmitters that go down through your central nervous system and affect every single cell in your body. Mm. So every single cell is conscious, conscious and sentient. So really be aware of the thoughts and the feelings that you are having because they are encoding and programming all of the cells in your body. So good. So fascinating. What, um, so before we wrap it up, I uh, want to talk about your podcast. Yeah. So it hasn't been, it hasn't been, it hasn't gone live yet, right? Like you're just recording I now. Am, or have you gone live? I have not gone live oh, yet. Oh, perfect. I am about to launch, well, depending on when this comes out, January 11th, 2020. So 111-2020. Oh, amazing. Is the launch. Talk us, talk us through what you're, what that's going to be about and where we can, so people can check it out when they do. Yeah, thank you. So the podcast is called real life but better and it's the reality (laughs) hacking podcast i love that real life but better so this is something i used to say all of the time when i started to live outside of the box which was pretty much always i'd be like yeah this is real life but better because people used to always say like oh sam it's real life you got to get a job you got to do the thing it's just like that's how it is it's real life so real life but better the reality hacking podcast and the podcast is 
extracting the gold, the golden nuggets and the wisdom from superheroes and alchemists and leaders and coaches and people who have been able to create amazing lives for themselves completely in a new paradigm and who are helping others do the same. Wow. So you're just, you're getting a bunch recorded and then you're going to launch it? Yes. Yep. Nice. Mm -hmm. How many are you going to launch with? With 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to have at least 11 recorded before my launch. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I've already recorded about five of them. Are you going to launch with 11 or are you just going to launch? So Whatever can, you tell me to do. Whatever yeah, you suggest yeah, yeah. to do, Lance. <laughs> it's always good because... Like three. I was thinking I would launch with three. One, because it's, you want to have people, because people want to binge listen to it too, right? And it's good for the algorithm. So all you guys out there listening, um, when you launch in a podcast, you should have, there's a certain amount you should have. Because sometimes this is a good tip for people listening. Some people will launch and then they don't have any after and then it really hurts them, right? You want to have a little bit of a runway for people to listen to and you want to have more ready to go, right? And then you want to release them how many times per week or whatever. Just yeah. helps with, I don't understand the algorithm sometimes, it's crazy, but um, it's always better to have more recorded and then, you know, release them however. That's what, that's what I did and that's how we found a little bit of success with people is that um, you, you just need to be prepared, right? The runway mm. of episodes and you got to have a bit of a plan. So it's fun though once you get going, right? And it's uh, it starts to it starts to come. You start to get connected with amazing people like yourself, and mm. you get to just have these high vibe conversations and hopefully help people think a bit differently, inspire people, and yeah, you know whatever whatever that is, you know. Yeah, my biggest passion is empowering people. Yeah, empowering people to reclaim their health, their happiness their freedom, and to really step into who they actually are so that they can go out and create whatever it is that their soul feels called to creating in this world. And the more that we can come together as an empowered global community, the more that we can really shift the planet and anchor heaven on earth, truly. Where can we find you? Like, let's Because we're going to make sure our team puts all the stuff in the show notes for you. Where's, where's the best place to check out everything? Yeah. So my website has it all, samanthalotus.com. Okay. You can also find me on the daily on Instagram. So Samantha underscore Lotus on Facebook, facebook.com slash Samantha Lotus page. And uh, if you want to come and hang out in person, I'll be at the Mystic Manor. So good. All right. Awesome. Or one, one uh, staple question to wrap it all up. I always leave the best one for last. Yes. What is one lesson that adversity has taught you? I get to choose myself fully and really honor myself, take care of myself, and that I am my own soulmate. And so with this mantra, moving through my days, whether it be foods or people or opportunities or phone calls, whatever it might be, am I choosing myself by choosing this mm. and really honoring the self and nourishing yourself uh, and fully choosing I feel like that has been the most powerful lesson in my life. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. This is so good. Oh, love my it. pleasure. This is I great. love and appreciate you. Right from the first moment, yeah. we had such a playful interaction and yeah, I really absolutely. appreciate you and the work that you're doing. So thank you so much. Thanks so much. I, I, I feel the same. I love just connecting with great people on the same sort of path, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it's, yeah, it's it's been quite the year. I've, I've met a lot of amazing humans this year. I'm just like almost overwhelmed with what 2020 is going to be like. So mm. anyways, again, thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing your podcast. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Mwah. Appreciate you. Samantha Lotus, everybody.
Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate you. Um, again, my goal is to bring on amazing human beings and discuss the different challenges and adversities in their life. Today was amazing. Samantha is got so much knowledge. She works in this realm, spirituality, nutrition, and 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 doing her best to um, be a leader and mentor to people and to provide value and empower people to make better choices in their life, whatever that may be. So. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you got value from that, please let us know. If you, you know, I, I'm sure not everybody enjoyed that, but I, I, I enjoyed creating this episode, and I, I, I've a lot of talking today. A lot of you will get value out of this, and if you did, take a screenshot and tag us. Let us know your number one takeaway. Rate, review, subscribe. You guys don't understand how important it is to these reviews. It's so important. I read them. Truly appreciate you for taking the time. And if you're up, if you've listened to this long, you've been here a while. And I just want you to know, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. And I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.